Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. I'm your brother. I'm scared. Terrifying pleas from Ronald Green after a high-speed chase led to a deadly confrontation with Louisiana State Police just outside the city of Monroe in May of 2019. Get up here! In body cam video obtained by the Associated Press, troopers can be seen repeatedly punching Green after dragging him out of his vehicle. Troopers tase Green multiple times while he's face down on the ground as they attempt to handcuff him. Another trooper can be seen kicking Green. The video is being seen by the public for the first time, but the incident took place two years ago. The body cam footage is shocking considering the way the encounter was described in Louisiana State Police initial report in 2019, which says troopers attempted to pull Green over for an unspecified traffic violation that ended when Green crashed his vehicle. The report also says, quote, Green was taken into custody after resisting arrest and a struggle with troopers. Green died on the way to the hospital, the report said. You know, one of the most brilliant uh, activists and attorneys of our time is uh, is with me, and that's S. Lee Merritt. And thank you so much for responding uh, to our calls, Attorney Merritt. And, and uh, oh, I, there's going to come a time when we're just going to have to get together and not de- have to deal with these things, man. But while yeah. we while I've got you, um, how do where do I start? How 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 is it that this that this videotape was this footage was kept away from the public and the family for two years? The same way the, the video footage of Ahmad Arbery was suppressed by investigators and prosecutors in in in, in Glynn County, Georgia, when the evidence is exclusively in the hands of law enforcement. And it's not in their interest to release the evidence. And Joe, I know I know you've seen this in a thousand cases, but when it's not in their interest to release the evidence because of the backlash from the community, in a situation where it's very clear they didn't intend for anyone to have any real consequences as a result of this, as you know, they told the family initially that he died in a car accident, and they couldn't have thought that that would be backed up if this video came out. So they they never intended to release it. Now, when you say they. Uh, who is they, and how high up does this go? And, and thank you for asking that very specific question, because I find the national dialogue about what happened to Ron as if it was some historic incident, as if, as if it was Emmett Till that we should all like sort of bemoan and learn from. These men still work in the state of Louisiana and still are being paid by tax dollars. So Troop F is a notorious troop in Louisiana uh, that have been responsible for a number of human rights violations, particularly directed at black men in the state. Uh, um, one of the officers has since died. The day he was terminated, that's Hollinsworth. The day Hollinsworth was terminated, uh, he died in a single car collision that we believe is suicide. But, you know, um, hours after he, he he learned that he was being suspended from Troop F, uh, he, he his car went over a bridge. Um, Corey York is one of the officers seen dragging and mocking and and, uh, placing Ronald Green in a a prone position so that he could not breathe and was slowly watching him die and laughing about it on video um, and bragging about it later on. Uh, The 
the Louisiana Attorney General is ultimately who's going to be responsible. That's Jeff Landry, because he's the people's lawyer for Louisiana, the person responsible for holding up the Constitution. We haven't heard from him about this. I met with, in, back in September, the governor of Louisiana, John Bell Edwards. And so I, I start at the top because these are the men responsible for protecting the citizens of Louisiana. Uh, but the Union County, uh, Union Parish, I should say, because this is Louisiana, prosecutor, Mr. Belton, who's now seeking to be attorney general himself for the state of Louisiana, first passed over on this case saw the many you know, civil rights violations and referred it to the U.S. Department of Justice, but he didn't bring any state charges. So everyone's kicking the can down the road and hoping this goes away. Uh, but these men still, like today, need to be prosecuted. Now, Attorney Merritt, we had two callers from Louisiana that, that gave me conflicting information. These were callers. Uh, mm-hmm. The one caller said the governor... Uh, Edwards at the, wasn't he wasn't aware he did not know that the 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 uh, tape existed the, yeah, and then another said no the governor knew and I said well hold on let me get Attorney Merritt on what that, is the truth yeah so Governor Edwards has known about this at least since September of 2020 because that's when we met with him about this and I I, I want to thank. Uh, Katrina Jackson with the um, this, the Black Caucus in Louisiana who arranged the meeting with uh, John Bell Edwards and it was also coordinated uh, by Phaedra from Real Housewives and so I uh, was also an attorney from Louisiana. Um, uh, but so yeah, he he definitely knew about this and 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 we've been asking what he was going to do about it and he has continued to tell the family to trust the process and the process yielded a 50-hour suspension for Corey York uh, and that was it. And so, you know, and uh, to see the Louisiana State Troopers responding to the release of this video, well, upset that it was leaked, as opposed to upset that they are being exposed mm-hmm. uh, for condoning this brutality, is really is really infuriating. Now, what is your re- next step as as attorney for the family? So we have filed a federal civil rights lawsuit. That's that that civil rights lawsuit is up on interlocutory appeal, uh, and that's an, another form of delay so that we don't get all the evidence. This is just one of those body cameras. There's other body cameras that show additional uh, abuse, and there's other um, uh, records about those devices. Seven officers showed up. Most of them turned their cameras off. They knew what they were about to do because they had someone who was running. Uh, and they get to Louisiana just by the accepted practice. They get to add a beating to anyone who was caught running. Uh, and so that's what they plan to do. Uh, our, our office is continuing to push for criminal charges. We are working with the FBI. We meet, we've, we've met with the FBI several times over the last couple of months. And we've been pushing for the release of this evidence. The FBI works slowly and secretly. Uh, but there's there's no reason that there shouldn't be both federal and state charges. So similarly to what we did in Ahmaud Arbery's case, we're working with anybody who will work with us mm-hmm. uh, until until justice is done. And is there a civil suit that has been filed or will be filed? Yeah, no, no, I, that, that's the word I mentioned a moment ago. The federal civil rights suit is up on an allocatory okay. appeal. Okay. Uh, so it's been filed. There was a motion to dismiss. We won that motion, uh, and then it was appealed to the Fifth Circuit. And they have yet to rule. And that's that's a process of delay. It'll sit there for months, possibly years. Mm. 
My goodness, man! I mean, this is this is this is just amazing. And and among the other charges, um, did did are we correct to understand that the officers falsified their reports? That's correct. The, the reports continue to change. The initial report. Uh, the incident report and the report that the receiving hospital uh, collected said he died in yeah. a car accident. They, it mentions no no encounter with police. The doctor himself said, look, this is inconsistent. Taser prongs are hanging from this man. He's bruised all over his body. This mm-hmm. doesn't add up. And so they went back and changed the report to say, well, he did resist after the car accident. And, you know, we got him under control after he resisted. And he, he somehow mysteriously died on the way to the hospital. Um, and so that's that's where the reports were initially. And 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 if if these reports were, if folks, if, if the officers lied on these reports or misrepresented what actually happened, is that one of the charges that could be brought against them? That's one of the crimes that should be brought. And you know, for what it's worth, as as we're talking about legislation, the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act offers a provision that would make that a federal crime as well. With, uh, punishable up to 10 years. Of course, mm-hmm. that bill hasn't been passed yet. But we In the Senate, yeah. 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 yeah, the Senate is arguing and again. And that's part of this whole... Now, look, correct me, finally, and, and again, I thank you for coming on at the last minute here. We called, and I appreciate you responding. Um, sure. and, and, and that is Louisiana. I think I heard or read Louisiana is one of the states that has a police bill of rights Right. Uh, law and and what yeah. and, and what does that mean i mean law enforcement throughout the country is getting is giving all kind of advantages to avoid accountability to get their stories together uh the, the bill of rights sort of codifies that if they were to be seriously investigated for a crime they would get three days to get their stories together to meet with their attorneys um, you know, the right not to testify against themselves. A lot of it gets very technical about when the uh, the, the city is responsible to subrogate or cover any liability for them. Um, you know, when we get into Garrity laws, and Garrity is about the Fifth Amendment right not to testify against themselves but to make statements in order to help keep their jobs. And it's a smokescreen that allows them to essentially confess within the walls uh, of their department about what they did uh, without that ever being used against them criminally. All right. Uh, We'll be in touch. I I thank you so much and uh, um, my best to you and your family. And and, uh, I'm so glad you're on this case. And, um, you know, this is just outrageous. Once again, but, you know, like you said, the case in Georgia, this case, it's happening all over the country, uh, and, and they and refuse I thank to you. call it systemic. Yeah, yeah, they they refuse, they, to, they refuse to call it as a systemic yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, and then the, you know, and uh, I'm also appreciate the fact, and I said this, I don't have a cut card when it comes to Republican and Democrats, and the government needs no. to to be held accountable too. If he no, knew about this, yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I met with Trump last year about Ronald Green, and I met with. Uh, uh, Governor Edwards last year about Ronald Green, and they both gave this family the same condescending, you're lucky to be meeting with me, we're looking into it, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm only meeting with you to say that I was able to meet with you, and they did nothing, neither, 
on on either level. Um, and so, yeah, I, I don't care if you're Republican or Democrat. The fact is, Kemp, who is not a great person who's obstructing voter rights in Georgia, he took action for the family of Ahmaud Arbery, and I respect that a lot more. All right. Man, all right. And thank you for clarifying it. I, they got you on. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Okay. There you go. one eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Now, again, let me let me say this to my listeners and people who call. You, now do you understand why sometimes I have to interrupt callers? Why I have to challenge callers? Uh, it's, it's, again, it's not about being rude. This is... You, you, you can you've got to get the folk who know what they're talking about it's not about opinion and sometimes callers do you never know but i mean just just imagine if i had said oh okay thank you caller one caller says oh the governor knew next caller says no the governor didn't know and everybody's got their little political game they like to play. And I can't distinguish that except maybe with my third ear. But see, I don't need a third ear to hear what Attorney Merritt just said. What do you say? I met with Trump. And I met with a Republican president and a Democratic governor. And, and what did he just say? What did he just say? They, they talked to the family like in a, really in a condescending way. You ought to be thankful I'm meeting with you. Phone number one eight six six eight zero one eight two five five. Thirteen after the hour. So let me take a couple calls I have here. Martiz from North Carolina, go ahead. You're on with Madison on Sirius XM Urban View. Hello, Joe. I, I can say hello to you and your staff, and I thank you for what you do. Um, I lived in Louisiana 18 years of my life, and I have observed and through experience with uh, Police brutality. Uh, that's that's the the police system in, in Louisiana is corrupt, and I would not be surprised if the governor uh, didn't know, because that good old boy network. Well, uh, well, we don't have to. Hey, hey, dude, let's not. Let me stop you. Let me tell you why I'm stopping you. I wouldn't be surprised if the governor did or didn't know. We just clarified what he he did know. Now, see this once again. Here I go. You're a caller. You just, you were online. I know you heard the interview. I, I know you heard. Family. Well, you heard. What you, oh, come off of it. I'm in Oregon right now. I'm a truck well, driver. Every, look, I don't. Hey, let me tell you. Damn it. Shut up. Just be quiet. And I'm now I am being rude. I don't give a damn if you're on Mars. You know, you just it, it, and then you're going to say, oh, I, it broke up. I didn't hear you. Di- you Never mind. You know, it, it makes me you didn't listen. And the and you just heard him. And matter of fact, if you didn't let me tell you something, you know why I, I get angry? If you if it did break up and you didn't hear him, you just heard me recap the interview. 
Did I not just recap the interview? Did I not just recap the interview and said what he said that the governor heard? You heard that part. So what I'm reason I'm stopping you and the reason I'm angry is I just got through talking about callers, how they and then you got. Well, if the governor did or didn't, he did. So let's let's just let me calm down and let's start over. He knew. It wasn't a question of he didn't know. He did know. Now, go. Well, like I said, I've, I've had experiences with him. And you can look in the, I don't know how far the archives go back for the news stations and the time picayune, but corruption has been very strong in that state as far as policing goes. Well, I mean, hey, he, yeah, guess what? Hey, 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 you know what? You can throw Oregon in there, too. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying, but... I, I lived it, though. I, I lived down there. I mean, even like Harry Lee, the things he done, he was the sheriff of uh, Jefferson Parish. And okay. You, I mean, I've had a grievance with them, and my transcript okay. came back to me, and I had a grievance. It was okay. a mixed words and everything. All right. Okay. All right. Let me go to uh, Donovan is calling us this time from Texas. Calls here. What time is it? 47 after the hour. Hey, Donovan, go ahead. Hey, Joe, help me understand something real quick, man. If the one thing that we know in regards to what's going on in Louisiana, one thing with that governor in September of 2020, please help me understand, how do we know if the governor knew prior to September 2020 since the, the well, be, uh, incident well, the, occurred be, in, in be, 2019? I don't know if he knew. Let, let me say this. I don't know if he knew prior. I didn't ask that. So Did why he know? Would you those well, well, let me. Well, you let me. Let me finish and quit trying to play politics with me. You didn't ask. You're not asking an honest question. You want to try to keep the governor off. You don't want me to chastise the governor. Now I'm going by what the attorney said, and you're not going to sit up here and browbeat me because I'm in charge of this show. See, I know where you're going. He may. The bat. The fact is, I don't like the way the governor talked to the family, condescending. If he did know about it and he was told about it, he didn't do any fucking thing about it. Now, how's that, Donovan? He knew he was told about it and he didn't do anything about it. And you heard the attorney say when the family asked for help, he said, oh, hey, y'all should be thankful I'm even meeting with you. Now, that's what Lee Merritt said. Now. You are absolutely you are absolutely right. That is exactly what Lee Mary said. But th- my point is, you jumping callers and telling them what the governor what the governor knew and didn't know. Hell, if the governor didn't know in twenty nineteen, he didn't fucking know. I could I could. Care he didn't know, but governor. when he it's did, but you. listen, Lee Lee. Hey, I mean Donovan. When he did know, he didn't do anything. I'm- <laughs> He's a, duh. He didn't do anything. God, Rodney from Illinois, first time, first time. He, he, I mean, I mean, he, 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 you see, that's a, that's a, that's a, now let me tell you what, Don, that's a political hack. See, he's pissed off because he, he's a political hack trying to protect the, the governor. Look, well, if he, he, he may, he may not have known, we, but you just heard the, he said, we met with the president and the governor, Republican and a Democrat. We said, Governor, well, Governor, here's what happened. 
the governor should have immediately said, oh, no, no, it did. Yes, it did. And immediately called for an investigation. He that's but here I'm just going to cut to the chase, Donovan. He didn't do anything except speak to the family in a condescending way. The governor had the ability to tell the Louisiana state troopers to do what? Release the tapes. Go ahead, uh, Rodney. I'm not putting up with. So, so yeah, I'm gonna make this short and sweet, Joe. But I, like, I, like I was about to say, I'm a 52 year old man originally from Georgia. I'm a black guy. All right. Now, I, I think you black also. And the point I'm, I'm about to make to you is not really about race. It's more about something else. I've known plenty of white boys who have ran from the cops and got the not not they didn't get killed, but they got some of the same treatment that these guys here are getting. I've known white boys. I've personally known white guys who have gotten roughed the hell up when they ran from the cops. It almost goes without saying. I know this. You know this. And everybody who don't tell me what I know. Don't hey stop it. Don't tell me. Look. Don't let me tell you. You can run from the cops. Running from the police is not a death sentence. Cops. Okay. Just stop running from the damn cops, and you won't. It probably won't happen to you. Oh, wait, excuse okay. me. Hey, wait, wait, stop. You had a lieutenant in the Army who didn't run, went to a safe location, well, and got peppered. He didn't get beat he, up. Oh, shut the living daylights up. No, he just got pepper sprayed. You, you need, oh, you need, man. You need this is what you need to do. You need to don't tell me what I need to do. You're sitting up here making an excuse. Oh, don't run from... Look, let me tell you something. You, There are policies and procedures. It's not... He just didn't get beat up. The man got tased eight times. The man got handcuffed. The man got dragged by his feet down the street. Brother, if that happened to your son, and you would have you would have gone to the... And by the way, hold on a second. Then they lied. This is what's so crazy about you, the last two callers. They lied to the family and said he died in the accident when he died. Didn't die in the accident. Why? I never got none of that because I comply with the. You cops. never what? Wait a minute! Stop! 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 You never got what? Okay, uh, if you slow down and stop interrupting me, I'll tell you. Don't okay. tell me how to fucking I, do I, my I, show. I, I, let me. No, no, I'm not. You know, don't tell me. Look, let me tell you. You heard me. They lied to the family. They said they falsified police reports. They turned off their cameras because they knew damn well what they were getting ready to do. And then you're sitting up here trying to blame a dead man and saying all he had to do was not run. Well, you may have a point, but he did run. He said, I'm afraid he did run. But does that justify when they catch up with him? Does that justify when they catch up with him? They tase him eight times. Does that justify that they dragged him by? I am not finished. Does that justify that they dragged him by his feet? Does that justify that? Does that justify they talk to him like a dog? Oh, and when it's all over from the governor all the way down to to a man who, by the way, was found guilty for what he did and they believe he committed suicide. Does that justify killing him? I just told you it didn't justify killing him. Well, then why are you arguing with me? Give me a break. Just don't run. 
And I've known plenty of white guys have gotten beat up like that. Well, good. They shouldn't. Oh, I'm sorry to be angry like this, but, you know, for, like Donovan from Texas. Well, the governor, the governor, they, and just ignore the fact, well, if he didn't know it in, in 2019, you know, when he did find out about it, what did he do about it? Nothing. And what did he have the authority to do? Give the family the tape. Release these damn tapes. It, let's, find, let's hold these people accountable. Yeah, I'm angry. Is, what, is it, what is it about the police that some people choose to give them that kind of power over the oh, citizens I, I mean, who pay them? It, 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 what r- is it? Go ahead, Raymond from Florida. I don't understand it. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing, Mr. Madison? Oh, I'm pissed, but go ahead. Well, you know what? I'm pissed, too, because I actually worked in law enforcement for over 20-some-odd years, and these freaking morons who just called on the show just a few minutes ago um, trying to defend this, these type of um, insensible killings that's taking place, it's totally preposterous, man. You know, and, and just as you stated, what if it was their son? You know, what would they do if, if, if it was their son? Would they, would, they, would they still have that same tone of voice? I don't think so. I don't you know, either, but, but... And that's what's wrong with us as a people, um, Mr. Madison. You know, we, we, we come up with reason to justify the wrongdoing of law enforcement. Thank you. And then, get, and, then, and then jump me, and then get mad at me jumping them back. See, look, I'm not doing talk radio the way everybody else. You're not going to call up here to my show, Donovan. And you're not going and whoever the other guy is and sit up here and then wait a minute. And then then the third caller comes up and says, how many I'm sorry, how many years you work in law enforcement, Raymond? Over 20, over 20 some odd years, um, Mr. Madison. If you now, don't remember who, me, I wrote the book title. I'm still standing. When I spoke out against police brutality and corruption, I was arrested and detained for almost two years based with natural life imprisonment for crimes I never committed. To this day, it's been 20 years, and I'm still fighting against now, the system. Now, 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 now whose, word, whose word should I take? Have a good day. We're, uh, we're, gonna, we're waiting for the uh, Secretary of Education to uh, call Miguel Cardona. And, uh, but he had a fascinating, a really interesting op-ed about uh, a school reopening success story. And in part, I'm reading now, it says, in speaking with educators, parents, and students, we know there are many reasons why some families are hesitant to return to in-person learning. Fears around transmission of the virus, especially in multi-generational households, have driven some of the conversation. But we must be honest with ourselves and with each other in listening to families who have said that schools weren't working for their children in the first place, or that they don't trust the school system and that, that, as it relates to its safety, and, 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 and it goes on, let me read this, or that they don't trust that the school system is safe for them due to the virus, violence, or harassment, or any number of reasons. Now, this op-ed piece uh, is uh, is available, and I would encourage uh, you to 
uh, to read it. Dr. Car- Cardona uh, is, uh, was sworn in as the 12th Secretary of Education, and uh, he previously served as the Commissioner of Education in Connecticut and spent years, years, in, 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 as a matter of fact, two decades in public education. Now, the reason I bring all of that up, he, hell of a lot different than the last Secretary of Education we had. Who ha- I mean, I'm just, until, we, until he gets on, on, on the line. But think about this. We had a Secretary, DeVos, we had a Secretary, now these are my comments, not his. We had a Secretary of Education, just draw a comparison, didn't have any experience, zero experience in public education but was in charge of public education. See, this is why I say to people, please, please, you know, just be reasonable. Be reasonable. And, and, And be honest when you draw comparisons. You know, be honest. If you want a secretary of education... You want somebody that's done what? That's had that had experience in the classroom. Has had experience. I don't even know if DeVos taught school. You know, I don't even know if she that she even uh, uh, taught school. Uh, but let me let me uh, welcome Doctor uh, Miguel uh, Cardona. Thank you so much for uh, coming on the Madison Show again, and I really appreciate it. Um, well, where do we go? Um, <laughs> you, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, you understand, I was just sharing with the audience your op-ed piece, which I just encourage, we're going to put it up on our, on our social media and encourage people to read it. Um, how do you, how, what are you doing and what is your department doing to clear up the confusion where we are now? I've got a grandson uh, soon to be 15 years old. This is his freshman year, and it's all been at home. Now, it's interesting, uh, Secretary, um, his school opened up. He went, to cl- he went into the school physically, into the classroom. He was the only student in the classroom. Wow. Everybody else was doing virtual learning. And... and um, so what what do we do? What where what are you trying? What where where do we go? Well, thank you. First of all, glad to be with you again. You know, you you your grandson's issue, your grandson's experience is one that we're seeing across the country. We need to make sure that now that the we have the American Rescue Plan, the funds are out there. Let's get rid of whatever barriers there are to getting students in the classroom. I, I firmly believe the best equity lever we have getting students in the classroom safely as quickly as possible. Now, what I'm finding also is that students that are hybrid, it's difficult for families to promote hybrid learning um, when the students have to be home some days, in school some days. So many families are saying it's either all or nothing, right? So what I'm trying to do is get districts to get students in every day possible now, not just the fall, uh, because students like your grandchild should be going into schools with friends and being with his teacher, kind of like it was before the pandemic. Now, the question, though, is that you know, most of these public school years are going to end 
what in, usually mid June or, or latter part of of June. You don't have, but we only have a few more weeks, don't right. we? So right. so uh, again, w- let me ask you the prognosis of, of of ahead. What do you think is going to happen? Uh, by what should we anticipate in all, late August or September for the fall? Right. You know, and and I'm, I think it's really important to share with your listeners that I don't have the authority to mandate all schools being open right now, right? Okay. But what we do do is provide resources, guidance, examples, and conversations with leaders that are struggling to get students in and provide support where possible. But to answer your question, I do expect, I do expect in the fall, five days all students in, you know, vaccinations are going to help. Right now we have 12 to 15-year-olds getting vaccinated. Over 600,000 in this last week got vaccinated. So I anticipate things continuing to get better, and I expect that in the fall all students have an opportunity to learn in person five days a week. And, and Secretary, what, what you talk about the funding. What are those? So parents and will know, I imagine the educators and administrators are aware, or at least they're catching up. What is the funding available for? What what is what what is the funding should the funding be used for? Sure. So 130 billion as I mentioned is going out there to safely reopen schools and reimagine schools. So we expect that the funds are going to be used with an equity lens to make sure that the students that were impacted the most by the pandemic get the most support. But what it could look like are additional school social workers, additional school counselors, additional reading and math su- support professionals. Um, It could be that we have extended day opportunities for students. It could be that we use summer learning opportunities for students, Um, better uh, high school course offerings, um, academic enrichment for students who've been sitting in front of a computer for a year. Um, So the funds are there to make sure that we recoup whatever we lost but also reimagine to make it better than what it was last hmm. year. And how you know, do we? So, how do you, Secretary? How do you? How do you assure? How are our parents assured? And this goes back to your op-ed piece mm-hmm. that that's you know it's not by zip code. You know, I'm one of these believers exactly. that you, go, you know where I'm going with this. <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. I hear so you. how how do you how do you assure parents that you know that my school that's been underfunded because of the zip code I'm in that that doesn't continue or it's improved. Thank you for that. So what we're doing at the agency is we're expecting states to submit plans. And in those plans, there has to be a plan for equity and there has to be a plan for stakeholder engagement. So I'll tell you and I'll tell your listeners, now is the time to really ensure that you're holding us accountable. Hold my agency accountable. Hold our state agencies accountable. The funding is there. We need to make sure that we're at those meetings, we're having conversations about how our students, especially in those underserved communities, are getting additional support to make sure that we're closing gaps that were exacerbated by the pandemic. It takes all of us to make sure that our students are getting what they need. The funding is there. The expectation from the state, uh, from the federal government is here. And I've talked to leaders across the country who recognize the important work ahead of us to close gaps boldly. And, and if, if, if it isn't happening, I know it's, you know, this is an audience that does just that. I mean, we're radioactive here. We hold folks Good. accountable. The, but is, is there anything in the law <clears throat> that that demands that makes this possible because what if folks don't listen uh can they be taken to court 
Uh, do they go to the Civil Rights Division of the Department of Education? What? Right. We do have the Office of Civil Rights. So, you know, the way it's written, states are required to provide educational opportunities for students uh, that are equitable. So I would say proactively, I would say proactively engage in conversations with your state leaders to talk about how the funds are being used. We expect, we, we require, not expect, we require that these plans are made transparent. So what I would say is let's not wait. Let's start asking where are your plans for how mm-hmm. we're going to address the inequities in education given the American Rescue Plan and start having conversations and dialogue now. We're telling states that they should be engaging stakeholders, and we want our stakeholders to uh, be listened to. We want them to be active. Um, we really need to make stronger partnerships and, and hear these voices earlier. Um, so transparency is critical. Start asking questions about what are the plans like? How is it going to help the students who were impacted the most? Because you have some students that were in school uh, last year, and then you have some students that were at home. I expect yeah. that the interventions for those students that were at home are greater. They need it more. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, I get it. And now, and the bottom line, don't wait till September to start. It, this is the exactly. time to do it now. Got you. Thank you the for coming on. Now. The urgency of now, Joe. All right. Thank you, uh, Secretary. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. We'll be in touch. We'll stay in touch with you. Thank you. All right. Nice talking to you. All right. Wow. Okay. So that's the deal. So the money's there. Let me let me recap. Let me recap. The money's there. Billions. I mean, it's there. How do you the question was, how do you prevent, you know, folks who live in certain zip codes to be underfunded? I mean, I'm just putting it where the goats can get it, to be underfunded. How do we improve upon what this pandemic, what it was like before the pandemic? Now, the funds are there. So you heard what the, look, if he, first thing he said, I can't demand, I do not have the authority as the Secretary of Education, Secretary Cardona, says I do not have the authority to demand that the local school board or the state school board or the county school board, I can't make them open up. I can't make them. We've given them the funding. The law, it's written that there must be transparency. Now, what does that mean? That means that, the, that you as parents, you as teachers, um, business folk, you need to engage Let me repeat, you need to engage your departments of education on the state and local level now. What and show us your plans. Show us your plans, particularly for reopening in the fall. What are you going to what what improvements are you going to make? Now that's what I heard. Anybody I mean I'm just, I, I mean. I agree. He was very clear. I mean, I, I don't think he could be any clearer. Right, exactly. So he, it's a call to action. It really is, right. It's a call for people, the citizens, to act and get in now on the ground floor while the plans are being developed. Help the, in other words, I want to see, do you, first of all, do you have plans? Uh, I, and you may have, you may have suggestions. Now's the time to engage these folk. And, 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 and I say all of this because, <laughs> please, 
don't call up the show in late August, mm -hmm. September, you know, and say, oh, they're not doing this. They're not doing that because I'm going to ask. Then what, how did you, en did you engage them while these plans were being put together? So right now what I hear with the third ear is that these educators, these administrators, these, these folks are now working on the plan. Exactly. That's what I'm. Uh, he's saying they're working on the plan now because they're trying to get this money. And now is the time yeah. to get involved now. You can listen to yours truly, Madison, the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.